We are continuing to look at the book of Hebrews, the Greater Than series, and we're looking at different themes from the book of Hebrews. So today we're going to look at the theme of a greater mediator. But I've chosen a different title, and I've chosen to title today's message, A Break in the Routine. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this time. As we listen to your word, I pray that you will prepare our hearts, that as it falls, it will fall on ground that is prepared by you to listen, to take it in, and to walk in obedience. That we may live a life that is pleasing to you, to bring glory, honor, and praise to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> From the passage that was read, Hebrews 9, 24 to 28, I have highlighted certain words, as you can see. I'm not going to read the passage because it's already been read. I've highlighted certain words and phrases on the PowerPoint, and we're going to look at each of them into a little more detail. Okay? So some of the words are, and phrases are holy place, High priest, most holy place, blood of an animal. So in case you're wondering, it's in your pew Bibles as well, or you can use one of your um, technology uh, media as well. And it's Hebrews 9, 24 to 29. Also Christ removes sin, own death as a sacrifice, brings salvation eagerly waiting for him. So these are some of the themes, some words and phrases that I've highlighted, and we'll look at uh, some of them in a little more detail. Let us begin with the tabernacle. In Exodus 35 to 40, God gave Moses very specific instructions on how to build the tabernacle. That was when the children of Israel continued their journey through the wilderness, so that the tabernacle would be a place where God would dwell with the people in the Holy of Holies, and where people would offer sacrifices and worship. So it is a place where people could meet with God, and God dwelt among the people. That was the tabernacle. And if you look at it, it's quite portable. You can roll it up and take it with you. This is what the inside of the tent of meeting looks like. So, curtain, the holy place, and the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant is. We're not going to look at the details of this. That's not the uh, intent of this message. But just to give you an idea what was inside that tent. So, we have the holy place and the most holy place. Next, we're going to look at who gets to enter the most holy place holy place. Who gets to enter the most holy place? This person gets to enter the most holy place, the high priest. So the high priest served as a mediator between God and people. And only once a year he could enter the holy of holies once a year. And that too with the sacrifice 
animal, the blood of the, uh, the sacrificed animal. For his own sins, he had to sacrifice a bull for his own sins and also for the sins of his people. And this had to be repeated yearly because the people kept sinning. So it was an annual affair. It had to be done yearly. And the duty of the high priest was a bit risky. His insurance policy had heavy premiums. Because if he went in without following the instructions, he would die struck by the living God. So that was the job of the high priest once a year to enter the most holy place or the holy of holies. Leviticus 16 talks about the day of deliverance from sin or the day of atonement, also called Yom Kippur. So that is the day when the high priest would go in, like I said, with the blood of the lamb and pray for the sins of the people. It's the most holy day of worship in the Hebrew calendar. Of course, once a year on the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar, Jews still celebrate this, the, this day, which falls on different days each year in September to October. On this day, before entering the tabernacle, Aaron was to bathe and put on special garments, then sacrifice a bull for a sin offering for himself and his family, the blood of the bull was to be sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. Then Aaron was to bring two goats, one to be sacrificed because of the uncleanness and the rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. And its blood was to be sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. If you remember, it's in the Holy of Holies. The other goat was used as a scapegoat. Aaron placed hands on the head of the goat, confessed over it the rebellion and wickedness of the Israelites, the people, the congregants, and set the goat out with an appointed man who released it into the wilderness. The goat carried on itself all the sins of the people, which were forgiven for one more year. This routine continued to be observed by the Jews for centuries. So how many animals in total for the Day of Atonement? I'm checking your math. Three. There is the bull for Aaron and his family that has to be sacrificed and the blood applied to the Ark of the Covenant. There is one goat sacrificed and the blood applied for the sins of the people. And one goat where Aaron prays over its head and casts all the sins of the people onto the goat and sends it out into the wilderness. That was the routine for many centuries. However, with the arrival of Jesus into the world, there was going to be a break in the routine. With the arrival of Jesus, there was a break in the routine. The break in the routine was unwelcomed by the religious leaders and the Roman government. 
A practice that they have been doing for many centuries now was interrupted by the arrival of Jesus. In John 1.14 we read, And the word Christ became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacled, please note the word tabernacled, fixed his stent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as only begotten son receives from his father full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. AMPC is the Amplified Version Classic Edition, okay? The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. This is the literal translation of that verse. The Old Testament tabernacle, if you remember the tent of meeting, was only a shadow of Jesus Christ, who now tabernacled with his people. Beautiful, is it not? But the religious leaders failed to see it. They saw it more as an interruption, as a break in their routine. In Matthew 5, 17, 18, again from AMPC, Jesus says he came to fulfill the old covenant, not abolish it. He came to fulfill it. Do not think I have come to do away with or undo the law of the prophets or the prophets. I have come not to do away or undo, but to complete and fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until the sky and earth pass away and perish, not one smallest letter, nor one little hook, identifying certain Hebrew letters, will pass from the law until all things it foreshadows are accomplished. Therefore the tabernacle and the sacrificial system was a foreshadow of Jesus Christ. He was a tabernacle. Jesus Christ is the tabernacle, is the high priest, is the sacrificial lamb, is the scapegoat. All in one. Hallelujah. All in one. So far so good? Okay. Now let us compare and contrast the old way and the new way by looking at the mediator the method, the message, and motive. So old way, the sacrificial way, Judaism, the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, sacrificing animals, shedding blood, applying on the Ark of the Covenant, which was a routine, was interrupted by Jesus Christ because he was, or he is, the sacrificial lamb, the tabernacle, the scapegoat, and the high priest. Old way, new way. Okay? Now let's look. There is the mediator, the method, the message, and motive. Let's compare and contrast. Mediator. The old way, Aaron and descendants were the mediator. In the new way, Jesus Christ is the mediator. The old way, it's temporal. It had to be done yearly. In the new way, it's eternal. In the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews 5, 6. In the old way, the mediator was sinful. 
In the new way, Jesus Christ is sinless. The reason I'm comparing and contrasting is so that we can see the differences and we can judge for ourselves which is better. Next one. Method. So we looked at the mediator. We're looking at the method. What method did they use? In the old way, the mediator, the high priest, offered sacrifices, offered animals, sacrificed and shed their blood on the altar for his sins and for the sins of the people yearly. That was the method used. In the new way, Jesus Christ offered himself. Sacrificed and shed his own blood on the altar, the cross, and took away the sins for you and for me, once and for all. That's why he said, it is finished, accomplished. What's the message? We looked at the mediator, we looked at the method, we're looking at the message. What's the message in the old way and in the new way? In the old way, the message is, observe rituals. So the rituals observed reminded the people of their sins and only cleansed them outwardly. Outward cleansing. Whereas in the new way, believe in the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and eternal salvation. So in one way, there was observance of religious rituals. And in the new way, there is belief in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. Belief and observance. Old and new way. Finally, motive. What's the motive? What's the motive for this? The motive for the old way, God wanted to dwell in the midst of his people. The tabernacle. God wanted to dwell in the midst of his people. In the new way, God not, not only wanted to dwell in the midst of the people, he wanted to dwell in them. Because we are the temple of God. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is the temple. Because we believe in him, we are his temple. And God now not, wants, not only wants to dwell in our midst, but he wants to dwell within us, in us. Wow, think on that for a minute. The old way, the new way. Mediator, eternal. Method, not rituals, but belief. Message and motive. It's truly amazing. It's truly amazing. I was just thinking of that image in my mind. It's truly amazing. Hallelujah, Lord. You choose to dwell in us earthen vessels, tabernacle in me. It's humbling. Old, new. So, there is a saying that old is gold. Old way, new way. There is a saying that old is gold. So in the case of Hebrews, what do you think? In the case of Hebrews, what do you think? Old is gold? I think so. Old is gold. But the new is platinum. 
So why go for gold when we have platinum? All right, since I've got you smiling and laughing. So does that mean, so does that mean, because the new way is better and it's platinum, that we will not sin? Or if we sin, what will happen? So, 1 John 5, 1 to 10. That's a long passage, but I'm going to read it. By the reading, we will be blessed. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin... We are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. That is what it clearly says. What does it mean? Does it mean that I am sinless just because I believe? No. Now it's a daily process. It's a daily process. But we don't have to take a lamb with us anymore. We don't have to do the huge washing and the cleansing anymore. We approach the throne of grace with confidence, knowing that Jesus has accomplished the cleansing of my sins. I just need to believe, accept, confess. That's the important thing. The religious leaders and local officials reacted harshly to the break in the routine and tortured and killed Jesus Christ because they didn't see that he was the Lamb of God. They did not see that he came to fulfill the law. So what they did, because of the break in the routine that happened, they were dissatisfied and they killed and crucified him. Nonetheless, the disciples of Jesus Christ went everywhere sharing the message of the new way. Many of the Jews came to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and left the old ways of Judaism to walk in the new way as followers of Jesus Christ. However, as that became routine, now all the believers, the Jewish believers, are walking in their new faith. That began to become routine. Because they've left the old way. They're walking in the new way. Now that's routine. Guess what happens? Can you guess what happens? Persecution and suffering. Persecution and suffering. When that became a routine, there came a break in that routine in the form of persecution and suffering from the Jews and the Roman government officials. Christians were often forbidden to do business, buy and sell in the marketplace. They were scorned, ostracized, and even by their own families. Also, Judaism was a legal religion. Please keep that in mind. That is why there was a great temptation to fall back. Because Judaism was legal. Christianity was illegal.
So there was a great temptation for them to fall back, to go back to their old way. And Christians faced persecution from both Jews and the Roman government under, under Emperor Nero. This break in the routine was causing some to turn away to their old ways. To accept back or go back to Judaism. Because that was safe. That was legal. And that meant leaving the new way for the old way. Deny Jesus Christ. Leave Christianity and the new way and go back to Judaism and the old way. Therefore the writer of the book of Hebrews wrote to Jewish believers who were being enticed to turn away from the gospel and return to Judaism, providing compelling arguments between the old and the new way to encourage Jewish Christians to persevere, continue in faith and come into salvation. So we did a comparison. We understood that old is gold, but new is platinum. We understood that the new way is better than the old way. But in the midst of persecution, when their routine was disrupted, when there was a break in their routine, singing hallelujah, glory, there was a break in the routine, persecution and suffering, they began to look back and think, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? New way is unsafe. Old way is safe. Temptation to fall back. What has happened in our life? What has happened in our life that has caused a break in our routine, in our walk in the new way? The first love. Was it a sudden change in our health condition? Job status? Family conflict? An accident? An unexpected loss? Or more money? Or church matters, church politics I call it. What is it that has come in to disrupt, break our routine of walking in the new way? Robert Gundry says, Robert Gundry says, failure to grow increases the danger of apostasy or falling away from faith. In the November-December edition of Faith Today magazine, this is the new one, cover page, the article also talks about why people walk away from their faith and church. So it's very relevant. And the danger is still very real. This is the latest edition. A few copies are there by the mailbox. Feel free to take it. If not, you can access it online for free. faithtoday.ca and this is not a commercial break for faith today. Okay. So, it's very real. The danger to fall away is very real. That is why people are writing about it. Churches are diminishing, dwindling in numbers. Because the old way looks more appealing than the new way. Canada is relatively safe. But say that you're a Christian, wish somebody Merry Christmas, and then you get the look. So then we wonder, is it worth proclaiming the new way? Or should I just keep quiet and say that I'm a member of the old way? 
A person is either growing or decaying, okay? Only two things a person can do in their spiritual walk, and physically too, right? I probably am decaying, right? Yeah, after a certain age, right? The only thing that grows are your nails and, in my case, not even hair, I think. So a person is either growing or decaying, there is no standstill. If we are not growing in faith, then we are decaying in faith. We can glean four practices the writer of Hebrews provides the Jewish Christians to help grow their faith in their struggle with falling back into the old way of life. The writer of Hebrews captures four things that he writes to them to keep them from falling away. I believe we can apply the same to grow our faith in our struggle against going back to our old ways. What are they? How do we grow in our faith? Feed on the word of God regularly. Hebrews 5, chapter 5, and chapter 6. Not just human interpretations. Listening to a speaker is good, but that is not it. Listening to a sermon on YouTube is good, but that is not it. Reading a devotional in the morning is good, but that is not it. Because all those are digested versions of someone else's reading. So what you're hearing now is a digested version. Go and read the real one. Feed on the pure word of God. There is no substitute for that. To keep from falling away. And you know what Satan does? He does everything in his power to keep you away from the word. Do you agree with me? Yeah. And he's given us all the paraphernalia to keep us occupied. Though I have it on my cell, I choose WhatsApp over Bible. So ask yourself the question. The next one, fellowship. More with others of the new way frequently, Hebrews 10, and not of the old way. What does that mean? Do away with all your friends? No, I remember a time when I came to faith. I was in a Christian, uh, not a Christian band. I was in a secular band singing rock music. But, so when I came to faith, I did meet with them, but they immediately recognized, Bobby, there's something that's happened to you. So what? Well, you seem different. Did I cut relationships? No. But the frequency diminished. Because I'm more frequently meeting with, fellowshipping with people who belong to the new way. So please, don't discard the friends of your old way. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. The frequency. Frequency. Frequently. Fix your eyes on Jesus constantly. Not or another superhero like Iron Man. What do I mean by that? There are a lot of heroes out there. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And do it constantly. Because Satan wants to take your gaze off Jesus and replace that with another figure. 
Because as we saw, there is nobody who can give you platinum. Nobody. If you want to settle for gold, that's your choice. That's our choice. But I know Elam Chapel is going to settle for platinum. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Lastly, fight against temptation continuously. Don't flirt with it. Fight against temptation continuously. It's a battle. Don't flirt with temptation. In Hebrews 12. Today's message may have come as a break in your routine and you're feeling it is time to leave your old way and enter into the new way or you're feeling that you're falling away and not growing. Then I would encourage you, if that is you, you want to make a change. Some of you maybe I'm not sure who it is. Some of you may be sitting on the fence, new, old. Some of you still undecided. Should I move the new way? Or should I still go to the old way? Some of you in the new way, struggling because the old and the pull of the old way is very strong. Some of you who are in the new way, the routine, in, in your routine there is a break in the form of an unexpected event. And you're wondering, ever since I came to faith, life has been full of problems. And where is Jesus in all of this. If that is you, I would encourage you to come talk to a church member. Now that we have these little tags, we are easily identifiable. You will spot us anywhere. If you cannot find a church member without a tag, find one with a tag. We'll be happy, we'll be happy to meet with you, to pray with you. You can identify them by these little badges. Please do not leave thinking there is no one for you. Please do not leave thinking there is no one for you. First Timothy 2.5, I'll end with that. First Timothy 2.5 says, There is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. So we did see today, just to recapitulate, the old and the new way and the constant temptation to go back to the old way. We did see that, the difference between the old and the new way in terms of mediator, the message, the method and the motive. One is gold, the other is platinum. How do we keep growing in faith? Because if I don't grow in faith, I decay. And I don't want to decay. Decay means going back to the old way. I want to keep going in the new way. Despite the challenges. Despite the untoward incidents. How do I do that? For that I need to feed on the word of God. Regularly. I need to fellowship with others frequently. Others of the new way frequently. I need to fix my eyes on Jesus constantly. And I need to fight against temptation continuously. Let us together glorify God who has opened this new and living way through his son Jesus Christ. May God bless you.